What's going on? Everybody, you've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. Have no fear. The cartel is here, pantsless and likely third roundless. You're looking uh, quite ominous with, with the lack of light there, sir. Yes, I call it chiaroscuro. Uh, by the way, Coach Co., I feel at a certain point, this show is eventually, you know, kind of like the late night shows where it's like late night with Conan O'Brien featuring Andy Richter. We're on our way to Cardboard Coaches with Coach Co. Collectibles featuring Sports Card Cartel. I don't know about that, man, but we we definitely, I'm happy to have you back. Um, I, I feel I'm glad like... to be back. Go for it. And, uh, no, not much more to say beyond that. I'm glad to be back, uh, but I hope our, uh, our listeners have enjoyed the, the different, um, the different configurations that cardboard coaches offers you, which of course is an homage to the fact that you should be mixing up your workouts and periodizing and, uh, you know, trying new things and taking on new ventures, right? Hanging out with new friends. Exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of new friends, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to have a new friend very soon. I think it's one of the biggest things in sports um, over the course of the last few days. The NHL had a draft lottery, which took place on Monday evening. And kind of superseded the Devils, unfortunately. Because <laughs> uh, I think that was the only game that was on that night. But I digress. So yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks went to the NHL draft lottery as the third favorites to win the draft. Uh, the approximate odds, I think it was like 18.5% chance of winning the draft lottery. Uh, mm-hmm. The team with the highest odds was the Anaheim Ducks at 25%. The second highest team, I believe, was 22% or 22.5 or something in that in that neighborhood, and that was the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, something that has been bothering a lot of people for quite some time, actually, um, and this actually bothered the living crap out of me during the Crosby draft, which we can talk about later, is that the NHL does not televise the results of the draft. So it's not like it happens in real time. It happens beforehand. And basically, we're all just watching them unveil on a, on the screen who has been selected behind closed doors. Now, we're going to fast forward the story. Chicago won the draft lottery. And we've been talking about on this show, and if you follow sports, and especially if you're in hockey, you know that Connor Bedard has had a, a crazy amount of hype I mean, maybe for the last two years, but really over the course of the last year, uh, as someone who could potentially change a franchise, okay? And just to put it into perspective, when they won the draft lottery, within the first hour and a half, apparently they sold over $2 million in merchandise and tickets for the following season. Which means that, you know, a team like Columbus or even Anaheim, I mean, Anaheim has like a, fairly decent fan base i would say especially given the fact that they won a stanley cup in in the 2000s um but at the very least in columbus a team that could really have used this guy and so people are saying that this is rigged um 
I am not upset by this outcome because I was stacking Chicago Blackhawks players because I thought they were going to win uh, regardless of the, the percentage. But we can talk about this and, and we can talk about the impact that Connor Bedard has had already on the sports card space. But I'm curious to hear what you have to say about the draft process or the draft lottery process in general. Much like a breaker opening a pack off screen, the NHL chooses to continue conducting these ceremonies off screen, um, which is quite dubious and obviously lends itself to a group of fans and uh, hockey uh, people having discussions and, and of a conspiratorial nature and and having doubts. And that totally makes sense to me. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say anything is 100% rigged. But I will tell you that a lot of people do understand that a big portion of the NHL is an old boys club. A big portion of the NHL chooses to conduct their um, inner workings and their, you know, their, their, their inner um delegations and conferences within a a closed circle and by that i am of course alluding to the multiple sexual misconduct um issues that we've been hearing about both in the nhl and in canadian hockey organizations and systems it's quite unfortunate but it is the same type of thing that you see by the way in medical boards and that sort of thing where they just choose to keep it behind closed doors so anytime that's happening and there's a lack of information or a lack of um, transparency. transparency, yeah, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of questions and a lot of uh, doubt cast on things. It is rather convenient that we're talking about an original six team in a very large, a, 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 a significant. Let's put it that way: a significant organization within the NHL in terms of uh, bringing in revenue. Uh, and obviously you start to get into things like viewership and, and, and things like that. We saw the immediate result when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, the, the economy of this, of this entire situation. At the same time, you know, you could argue uh, would have been a boon to both the team, the NHL, if, if we saw uh, Connor Bedard out there with Trevor Zegras or something like that. So, any way you slice it, it is what it is. As they say, they're going to continue. They're probably going to continue doing it this way. Uh, it's it's one of those. It's it's like these questions people ask about the hobby because we have such a weird, isolated, insulated world. Uh, so so you'll have someone from outside the hockey world saying, "Why do they do it this way?" And we don't really have the answers. They just do it this way, and we choose to accept it, right? So um, yeah, the team that uh, absolutely atrociously handled an absolutely horrible sexual misconduct issue, outright covered it up, has received the golden goose. Did they get the golden goose or the golden egg, Coach Co? They got, they got one of those, but they got... The I, think, I think they got the golden goose because the goose lays more eggs, right? Yeah, goose lays more eggs. You now um, have a guy... You have a guy that's not only going to draw fans and sponsors and, uh, you know, uh, TV revenue, um, merchandise revenue. You have a guy who's going to draw perhaps other players that want to play alongside him. It's such 
a big deal. It's such a big uh, boon to the team. Well, especially to a team that just lost both of their starters, like two guys that that gave them. They had three cups, I think. I think they had three cups, Chicago, right? Yeah. So it's I mean, Patrick up, Kane's Patrick Kane's out the dude. door, right? Like they literally just yeah. traded him at the deadline. Tave yeah. said he's not coming back. Yeah. You know, like your franchise is automatically now. I mean, not necessarily reset one for one, but at the very least, I mean, it's a pretty damn good start for a team that if you look on paper and yeah. if you look at some of the names that are flying off the shelves on eBay as a result of people trying to mix and match who Connor Bedard is going to be playing with, I mean, they don't have a hell of a lot. Like Taylor Radish is probably pretty high on this list. And I mean, he, he's had what, 20 goals last year, I think. Uh, the fact that the best forward on this team might be Taylor Radish, aside from Connor Bedard, just goes to show how bad the Chicago Blackhawks were going to be for the mm-hmm. foreseeable future. I know in my case, um, again, like anticipating that they were going to, just seeing how bad their roster was like mid-season, I was like, I'm going to stack Chicago. Um, not because of any co- sort of conspiracy, but because I was like, let's make like a, a re like a, a reasonable estimation as to who's going to be the worst team in the league and and thus will probably have the best odds of, of drafting him and Chicago by far has the worst roster maybe I've ever seen um because you and I were joking you can't even find a goalie you can't like you can't really find a defender or defender a defenseman like a forward like it's it is slim pickings out there so I I mean I was stacking Lucas Reichel as uh, arguably their top prospect uh, and a guy who's already kind of played, he played like 10 or 15 games last year. Saw him play, looked like a decent player. Um, but I mean, it's a top dra- top draft pick. People were chasing other players in this product. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to stack this guy. And and I mean, already, like, I mean, one of the highest sales I've seen, and, and I don't know if it was paid for or later returned or whatever the case may be, but I mean, I saw a sale for $49.99. And I mean, these are the cards I was picking up for like between five and eight bucks, man. You know, so like uh, talking about the young gun, right? The young gun. That's correct. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. So like the fact that like it 10 X or, you know, like eight X because he might play next to Connor Bedard. Like we've seen people prospect and like assume that a player is going to play, you know, far beyond what maybe he's capable of in the, in the not so distant future. But I mean, we're seeing prospect at a whole different level where like you're prospecting line mates now. And um, because Connor Bedard is not coming out till series two. If you missed that information, you need to go check out the last episode of cardboard coaches where we interviewed Billy Celio from upper deck, who pretty much said that series two is, is where we're at. Uh, and if you're looking at series two, I mean, you're looking at the 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 spring expo next year, right? So 2024, Connor Bedard is probably going to be playing in the league for a while before he's got cards in an NHL jersey. And so a lot of people are just they're and they're going after this. And 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 you mentioned actually something that you saw that people were that was trending in terms of buying. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you, okay. Well, there's a lot to digest there. You, you, yeah. um, uh, in speaking of, uh, Luke's Reichel, 
That is a guy several people were prospecting on in general, I think. And now with the added boost that he may potentially be a line mate, we saw that incredible multiplication of value. Uh, Taylor Radish, his stuff that has generally been sitting, I had some of his stuff sitting, that stuff was gone the same day of the draft uh, at very nice numbers. Uh, Again, that initial panic. If you're sitting on your Team Canada or CHL Bedard cards, you're you're actually in a great position. There's going to be a longer period of time now before that young gun hits. The demand is out of control. Any of my Bedard stuff that was sitting around has gone out to Chicago already, which is kind of cool. Like like you mentioned, it's kind of neat to see that effect and and in like real physical real effect. Yeah, and 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 producing um, like it's, it's tangible results for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, and people have to be mindful of that. That's, that's the thing right now. That's in my opinion, that's, that's smart prospecting when in the absence of the card for the player that we're talking about with, with Bedard, not having a card. Now, that being said, I predicted a bunch of episodes ago, I did predict we are going to be seeing extended rookie cards in one way or the other, whether it's an artifacts redemption, whether it's a subset, whether it's an insert, I think about some of the things that Tops has done recently, like for example, that 2020 update set where they had the number one, uh, it wasn't number one, uh, it, it was something like a top rookies insert set featuring guys like Wander Franco, who didn't have a rookie for another two years after that, but they were kind of marketing them as rookie cards. We're going to see Bedard extended rookie cards, mark my words. So we will see some stuff getting released before the young gun and the potential thousand dollar young gun that we've been speculating on uh for quite some time now um so that that that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out and um yeah i don't know there's a lot we were just talking about there in terms of what people are how people are reacting the prospecting involved now uh you can talk about some people who are perhaps maybe banking on the ducks or the jackets I got news for those people, though. That I still think those are smart plays. I those, think some so of those too. players, Troy Terry, Zegris, um, Patrick Laine, these these guys, I mean, Johnny Goudreau's stuff has taken a huge hit. And this is not to say I think that these guys are fantastic and are suddenly going to, you know, people been waiting on Laine to get it together. People been waiting on Goudreau to, to be even better than he's shown to be. So... I mean, that's those are still good teams to speculate on. They they need rebuilds. Chicago is the living definition of a of a true rebuild, which again feeds into the whole conspiracy theory that this was a team so in need of a rebuild that was so successful with that crop that they had that has now moved on. That uh, it's just so convenient that they they're they're jumping from one situation into this one so smoothly and conveniently. Right. Yeah, I think that Anaheim is going to be fine. I think with like Mason McTavish having like a strong like Canadian junior background, I think that, yeah. that could keep his stuff. Uh, Trevor Zegris is always going to be in the news because that guy just scores ridiculous goals. Yeah. Um, These guys are getting older and more experienced. That's exactly and- it. That's exactly it. And in Columbus, is, I just don't think Columbus is as bad as they were this year. Like, I mean, they lost their number one defenseman in Zach Wierenski literally in, in preseason. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Laine was out for extended periods of time. Uh, Johnny Goudreau really had no one to play with, if I'm be honest with you. So, like, it's... I think that they probably bounce back a little bit. I mean, the Metro Division is a difficult division to, to play in in general, but 
you're starting to see a changing of the guard with Pittsburgh not making the playoffs. Actually, this is the first time that Pittsburgh and Washington didn't make the playoffs since 2005. So you're starting to see a bit of a changing of the guard. You are right. I think that the teams who had the ability to draft, I think they're in like a decent spot. And it's not like they end up with like not like a, not a top pick anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, Fantilly's still going to go to one of these teams. Right. Uh, this is a fairly deep draft. It's I mean, it's the second hard to... guy that we don't hear much about. Yeah. I know. I know. It's hard to see. It's hard to say what's going to happen in the future. Um, But I, I think. I, obviously, if you're a fan of one of these teams that kind of got not screwed over, but didn't get what you wanted, it's a bit it's a huge disappointment for sure. Uh, And not to mention, you know, exactly what you said in that. I'm reacting to you talking and nothing else, Coach Co. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Last year, (laughs) they literally had, I mean, Chicago was under investigation and and a lot of brass were fired, including Joel Quinville, for helping cover up uh, sexual misconduct. Uh, And I don't know if it was a rape or not, but so anyway, regardless, it was just awful behavior that has no part in society, never mind sports. Um. And, you know, now fast forward a year, I mean, all we're talking about is the fact that like this team, this team is pretty much set to be successful for, you know, the next decade or so um, at the very least from like a financial perspective. So it, it, it does feel like, you know, a bit of like a, a like a shot in the kneecap. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just very interesting how things have, have kind of played out over the course of the last little bit. I'm excited to see how this kid plays. Um, if you had to get put a number on how many how many points he has next year, what would it be? You know, if uh, one of our viewers zooms in on my shades, they they might actually catch a hockey game. Um, I mean, that's a tough question, Coach Co. I think that's... these days, if if someone is scoring, you know, 75, 80 points in their rookie year, that's a huzzah. I know right? that's why I asked. So, I mean, you know, with the types, with the type of expectation and with these numbers getting thrown around like a thousand dollar young gun, you better be bringing 30 goals and 80 points to the table. I think that's Uh, reasonable. That's that's a lot of pressure and that's a big expectation. Right. So probably put up a hundred points in his rookie season. No. You know, you could argue even then it was a little bit of a different game, but and you could get in all these different. I think times. it's easier to score now. Look at I mean, how many people had a hundred points this year. Eight, nine. That's true. Car- we did see some big goal scoring. Calls Carter Verhage scored forty goals. Jared McCann. So, so you know what? We forty may be, goals. We may be right. We may be right for triple digits. We may imagine be right if this kid comes out the gate and scores a hundred points and fifty goals. I mean, I think that's a little bit brave. I think I think saying 40, 40 and sixty. I think is sure. Is, but like that's that's a big deal. Like that's like at this point, you and I know that that's a big deal. But at this point, when people are putting these prices on it and these expectations on it, you almost have to wonder, you know, if he hits it, if people will just kind of be yawning. I mean, I don't, again, I, I, don't I don't think you can yawn. At least not the first season. I think after, I mean, like Connor McDavid's almost gotten to the point where, like, if he doesn't break his own records, like he. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, that's great. Like he led the league in, in points again, like whipty freaking well, do. Well, this is the problem with escalating expectations, right? Yes, now that being correct. said, in terms of in terms of escalating expectations, Coach Go, let's talk a little bit about the current playoffs and what's going on, the market that surrounds it. Um, 
whether or not we're seeing a reactive market. I think we're actually seeing a very calm. I agree with you, actually. Until the semifinals hit, potentially, right? Because I feel like people, I feel like the the obvious, the, the obvious, you know, like let's stack some Leafs, it has now come into question in a big way because of the series with the Panthers. So I think people are being cautious in that respect, which is good, which is smart. It shows that that we as hockey collectors are a little bit more level headed. Um, I think they waited. The I think they waited even in the Tampa series. I think because of how we started off that series. I think had we like yeah. gone on like let's say we won the first two, I think people might have been irrational. But yeah. as we talked about with like even the expo ex the expo episode, um, people yeah. really they weren't rushing to buy Leafs. Like they were asking, and there was like more interest. But it's not like yeah, I've I've seen expos in the past where people were like, "Give me Austin Matthews at twenty three hundred, you know, like yeah, and and then just wasn't. Of, yeah, you saw a lot of spreading it out. Yeah. Like yeah, hedging your bets. Yeah, right. You're you're grabbing some Minnesota Wild, but you're also grabbing some Dallas Stars. You're kind of hedging your bets. Yeah, and uh, I mean that just goes to show there's a lot of parity in hockey, and we see the fans and the collectors realizing that and acting accordingly, cautiously. Um, like like you have mentioned several times, and you'll expand upon here is the Jason Robertson market doesn't really make sense. No, at this point. Uh, quite an undervalued card to begin with and you're not seeing any bump as the i think people are treading cautiously with the stars people are spreading the love with goaltenders you know maybe i'll buy a little bit of Stuart skinner maybe i'll buy a little bit of jake ottinger um no love for the leafs goalies which made sense because it was a very unstable situation and remains unstable um so yeah and no one asking for any hurricanes sebastian aho's prices I, continue to be very low i just sold an aho this morning actually well, well, I mean, again, that makes sense given they finally took yeah. that that series. But yeah. I mean, I'm sure you'll agree with me. The Aho Cup is still very undervalued. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's amazing what the Hurricanes are doing given the lack of Svechnikov and Teravine. I know. Um, but I mean, Aho's a guy who's kind of ripe. If they make it, if they do, Jordan Martinuk led the team in goals and points during that series. Really? That's a yes. uh, 2021 series one or two. Martinuk is no, I think it's, it's earlier than that. I think Martinuk, I'm almost cer certain, is the same design as the Robertson rookie. I could be wrong, but uh, that's I feel like Martinuk's been in the league for a while, but I could be wrong too. Don't make me look it up. Why you don't might we have, have Jamie? to? Bring that up, Jamie. Why don't we have a Jamie like the Joe Rogan show? Yeah, I know. Um, uh, can you hire a Jamie, Coach Co? Can you work on that? It's not in the budget right now, you know. But yeah, no, Jason Robertson is a guy whose prices were like eight hundred bucks at the beginning of the year for a PSA ten. Yeah, Martin's been around, man. You are correct. I was right. Yeah, yeah. Come on. So what would that be? The McDavid year? Twenty fourteen, maybe twenty third. The Leon year? Yeah, I don't know. It's like old enough that I don't think anyone's looking up his his young gun. To Does he honest. have a young gun? I don't know. I probably not. He's he was like a seventh rounder, sixth rounder, or some shit. Like it's he he is like a he is well, a great guy on a on a wild uh, ridiculous ride at that's the moment. A, um, but you're right. I haven't I haven't seen like reactions. I thought I was gonna see a massive reaction to Drysaddle absolutely tearing up, uh, just tearing the net off. And I mean, we really haven't seen a bump from a guy who. 
leads the lead or leads the playoffs in goals and points. We haven't seen a bump from him all season long. It's like something happened before this season where people decided, regardless of how good this guy is, regardless of the numbers he puts up, we're just going to focus on Connor. Um, this there's a thing happening with European players. I am noticing when you start to talk about Aho and Landeskog. Nonetheless, um, that is a weird one. Uh, again. It's an interesting thing. People seem to be hedging their bets. There's no crazy reactivity that we're seeing right now. I think if the Hurricanes continue what they're doing, and if they can find themselves in the final potentially or in a position to win the Cup, that's a big opportunity because those are some very low prices that you're seeing. Freddie Anderson, Aho, uh, guys that have all, always been kind of overlooked. like Brent uh, Burns, man. Jacob Slavin, uh Brent Burns has a has a Norris to his name, you know. He's a and again, know. that's a guy whose rookie's way back, and again, just kind of out of the spotlight, out of people's minds. I think the people who do own his stuff, they really love it, and and that is always that has always been an in demand young gun on some level. Uh, what is that? Oh three, oh four, something like that. I think but, so. He also started um, as a forward, which is really cool, very difficult know? to find. Not you're not going to see a lot of movement, right? Because it's first of all, it's just difficult to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like when people were going after Chara rookies about five, six years ago, and you just can't find them. They're they're not numbered. They weren't scarce per se. Yeah, it's just a lot of them probably got tossed out. They were SP future watches. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, Brent Burns is kind of stuck in that area. But yeah. Uh, yeah, what I've seen is a very mature, calm and collected hockey market. Uh, the big names are the big names as always. McDavid, people are going for it. They'd be going for him anyway. But a cup, I think, I think now a lot of times the Lightning winning, if you remember Coach Co, we never saw these huge bumps. No. Let's say the Oilers do take it. I, I got to think there'd be a gigantic bump. No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but but or does it just stabilize, right? Like, does it just is that just part of the prophecy? You know what I mean? Like, well, I've always told you my number one concern when it comes to the high end hockey market, as high end as it can be when it comes to, for example, the young guns. You know, we have something very solid with the future watch cards. They are serially numbered. There's only so many of them, uh, even if, even disregarding graded populations. The reality is there's only nine hundred ninety nine. Maybe plus or minus five. Yeah. But the 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 young gun populations on McDavid, I'm sorry. I don't understand how you're supposed to sustain a five thousand dollar value with the sheer amount of the tens of thousands. I used to be an apologist. If you go back to some of the early cardboard coaches episodes, I'm sitting there saying there are enough desks. I remember. I remember. I remember. I'm changing my tune, man. This cannot sustain itself. What do we get? You know, we saw basketball correct itself when it came to base prisms that were just, guys, I understand young guns are one in six, but it's the same type of cardboard as a base prism basketball card from 1920, 18, 19, 17, 18. If the market loses liquidity, then all of a sudden, like, you know, like then, then it doesn't matter that like, I mean, it's hard. It's very hard. People are just going to sell for, and I mean, like, loses liquidity. Like, people need to pull money out of the market. Well, like, then, it's I not mean, difficult to find this card. If you want it, it's, and you're at a show or you're online. I mean, you'll probably see 500 you at a show. with your buddies. It's you'll not like a hard 500 at a show. You know what I mean? Like, at least in, in Canada. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about one, you know, 
one market that hasn't really been erratic to um a product and a and a a name that over the course of the last few days at the very least has been very erratic and that is the Hasbulla prism that has debuted in the yeah. UFC Panini product 2023 UFC um the big chase in the product it was advertised that he was going to be in the product and that automatically brought uh tons of eyeballs to the space I'm doing the pose. This is the yes. pose on the yeah, card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the one of one black has been pulled. The one of one black autograph has been pulled. A gold shimmer out of three has sold as high as $25,000. Um, a lot of people want to own these Hasbulla cards. And I don't know if it's because they support Hasbulla or... Um, they think he's a cultural icon or maybe it's because they think everybody else wants to own these cards or will want to own these cards and that's why they're buying these cards. But regardless, I mean, $25,000 is a lot of money for a, you know, an out of three of a guy who's never actually fought. He's He's got a fight upcoming, I think, though. You can correct me on that. Uh, we always hear these rumors. I know, I know, I know. I don't, who's going to sanction that? Listen, uh, the cartel who we all know is big on huge UFC, MMA, Panini UFC, Tops UFC, the whole shebang. I have yet to rip a box myself. Hopefully that will change next week. My good friend, shout out Keegan, uh, ripped one of these boxes and I got to a watch and uh, he pulled, man, we had a, we had a, we had a, uh, a huge um, misfire where uh, we slow rolled what, we thought was like a teal parallel and it was Hasbulla, but it was just a blue wave, which is new to the product this year in UFC prism. So it's not even numbered, but even that card is going for hundreds of dollars. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Hasbulla because guys like uh, another YouTube channel, Joe's card stash. Okay. Another facially follicled hey, friendly oh. fan of the UFC, Joe's card stash, I believe his name, Joe, we're, we're shouting you out. Uh, maybe we'll have you on the show one day. Uh, he creates some very uh, nicely produced content here on YouTube. He's an MMA fan and he follows the product. And he posted a uh, video and I've seen this sentiment quite a bit questioning whether or not this Hasbulla hype is a positive or a negative for the hobby and for the UFC cards. Now I'm very solid on my stance on this. I believe this is fantastic. It's getting a lot of new eyes and new entrants into the UFC card hobby, which I think is just limitless in its potential. It's still a growing sport in its infancy. When you think about the fact that it's like 30 years old, it's not been around very long at all. And just continuing to grow in popularity and so incredibly inclusive and international. I can't stress enough that this is the most inclusive and international sport that exists on the face of the planet. Do your own research, figure it out. I don't want to start getting into the details again. I've done it enough here on Cardboard Coaches. Hasbulla is a bit of a social media cultural icon. It will pass in time, I know. But let me tell you what the appeal of Hasbulla is. If you don't know personally, Coach Cohen, if our viewers don't fully understand it, I understand if you think it's weird. It is a 21-year-old man 
I think he's 21 now. It seems like he's eternally 20 for like five years now. But he has a condition which makes him appear as if he is a child, kind of chubby and cute. He's like a living, walking, talking Pikachu in many ways. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Um, he hangs out amongst the Dagestanis uh, that we, are, we now understand dominate the sport of mixed martial arts. And they are not just wrestlers, folks. Folks, I would ask you to re-watch Habib versus McGregor and watch Habib knock McGregor down with a perfect, perfectly placed, perfectly timed punch. They are not just wrestlers at this point, and they are complete martial artists that, in a way, in one form or the other, tend to dominate the sport, and that domination may grow in time. Hasbul is kind of their mascot. He was hanging around Habib. That's how he kind of entered into the, the mind frame of the MMA fans of the world and now MMA card fans. There's something in Hasbullah when we look at him. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to be like um, offensive here because I love this. You know, we all want to be Mike Tyson. Uh, there's a video of Mike Tyson cradling him and kissing him, treating him like a baby, which is kind of weird because he's like, He's, he's not a baby, he's a man, but we all want to do that. Um, we see something in Hasbro, we want to protect him. We want to be there for him and care for him. Didn't he get a, a cat? Yeah, and there's a whole thing with cats in Hasbro we're not going to get into right now, but Hasbro is Teflon, man. Any accusations roll off of him, but um, he loves his cats, by the way, um, uh, in, the, in the most platonic way. Um, Hasbullah also represents a degree of human frailty that I think makes us appreciate the things that we have. I, I might be getting too deep here. You might not realize this unless it's in your subconscious. I'm saying this to our listeners and our viewers, but he, he represents a degree of human frailty that we recognize that I think brings out good things in us because it makes us stop and become grateful. And again, it maybe makes you see people that have certain conditions and illnesses in a certain light that is empathetic and caring. Um, you couldn't ask for a better kind of little mascot for the UFC and for MMA. He's so harmless and small in a world that's very tattooed up, violent and bloody. I, that, there's a juxtaposition there. Um, if Hasbul is got, getting more people into the stores to ask about UFC, to buy UFC, to get the Panini product, it is a net positive for anyone who collects MMA cards. It's a net positive for any MMA fans. That's my word on this. And I think it's the right word. And I think when people hear what I'm saying, they're going to agree with me. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have much of a take on it. So we're going to take, we're going to run with yours. Um, what I do also want to talk about is from, one cuddly bunch of people to a not, not bunch of people, I guess one cuddly person to another. Ewoks? <laughs> one cuddly tiny person Rebels? to another. Um, Tops recently released a Yops. a video of uh their new initiative uh for youth baseball. And they plan on going to uh I don't know if it's several diamonds or whatever the case may be, but in the video they are handing out packs to children. Uh, top series one, and uh, they brought Juan Soto with them. So I assume that this probably took place somewhere in California. But Soto. we talk a lot about like what what can fanatics do for the hobby 
what can fanatics i mean i've talked about before that i think that michael rubin's reach is the difference maker in terms of like bringing this hobby to a completely different level we talked about having to include the kids because the kids are the future um and and you know they're doing a little bit of everything with this new initiative the fact that they're they're putting packs in kids hands um they are connecting those kids with people that they idolize people that they see on TV people that they might own jerseys of um i think that is you know aside from sports cards like it's just incredibly impactful uh you know i i made a comment on the Devin Booker video that the woman or the, the girl who got a chance to FaceTime Devin Booker had her life changed forever. And uh, you know, the, my comment section was, was like, they're like, Oh yeah. How has your life changed forever? But mm. like, you don't understand what a moment like that can do just in terms of like, just belief, you know, just like the belief that anything is possible at any time. And I think that, you know, as we get older, we kind of lose that. Yeah. And so if we have the ability to bring that to life through, it's not through sports cards, but it actually is facilitated through sports cards. I mean, I think that that is something that all of those kids is, are going to take with them probably for the rest of their lives. And I'm going to go ahead and say that, like, there are probably going to be a few kids on that field or in that or in that team or in that clubhouse or whatever who probably are, are they're going to, ha- they might very well have their life changed because of this. Like, you don't know what a kid's going through. You don't know, um, you know, maybe, maybe they, they just, they, they haven't been getting what they wanted or their parents are going through financial hardships at a really shitty Christmas and birthday, whatever the case may be. They're like, ah, oh, man, you know, like things that kids might not have, never have to worry about. And they go play baseball at the diamond one day and freaking Juan Soto, their favorite player shows up. And like yeah. they're taking pictures with him, he's getting some autographs, and and you're like, wow, like none of that other stuff that that just happened even really matters, you know? Like, and you kind of just ride that for the foreseeable future, and and I just think that, um, man, I just think it's incredibly impactful, uh, and and it's definitely it's it's a huge step in the right direction, and if this continues to happen. I mean, you might start seeing grown men cry, you know, like you might, uh, you don't know who you put in front of the right person at, at what, what time in their life. And, and with these kind of connections that tops and fanatics have, like, uh, it could, it could get well, very interesting. Well, we're, we're already seeing grown men cry coach co when sports card cartel blocks them on Instagram. But other than that, you are 100% correct. Their sports Organized sports is crucial. Um, you know, you think of inner cities and basketball, boxing, soccer initiatives. These are crucial for the community, crucial for the kids. And, you know, it's just such an easy, obvious play. Let's get the sports card, the, the local card stores involved. Let's get these events going. Let's get fanatics at the, at the, the front end of all of this leading the way. Let's get these initiatives going. It, it can be life-changing. Let the people poo-poo your, your, uh, the, 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 the post you made or whatever. Let them do that. That's fine. These people don't know any better. The reality is it can be life-changing. If a young person doesn't usually have that opportunity, can't even get out to games, again, don't take it for granted. 
I know people that go to every Leaf game. I know people that get to meet Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They get to have dinner with Mitch Marner. Okay, that, Barnes, that is you know, like for some people, that's not a reality. And if yeah. they can, if she can meet Devin or speak to Devin Booker, maybe she goes home and says, you know what, I can actually do anything if I put my mind to it. You know that Coach Co is all about doing anything, putting like, your mind to it. I'm like, you're saying it's the wrong freaking guy right now, you know? Absolutely. I, I was I'm, like, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm laying out what you just said, just kind of in another way. No, not you, but I'm like, whoever, I'm like, they're like, they're like, that's not life changing. I'm like, listen here, I think that yeah. any moment can be life changing. So Absolutely. don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Co is nice, only to, a, only to a certain point. Everyone has their limits. And by the way, I wanted to throw it in there real quick, by the way, uh, just in terms of anything is possible. If, this is the reaction we saw to Hasbula, Coach Co. And we've talked about this on Cardboard Coaches. You brought it up first. Just imagine Logan Paul WWE cards. Imagine any any of that kind of stuff going on. I mean, this is just Hasbula. Just imagine what get, that can do to the hobby. If anyone's wondering if the hobby is stagnating, my God, guys, like look at what's going on the last little bit. Uh, King of Collectibles on Netflix is a top 10 in Canada. Um, we've got the Hasbulla hype. The hobby is so interesting that way. There's definitely no stagnation. Call it what you will, say what you will, but there's definitely no stagnation in the hobby. And there's always big opportunities around the bend for, for bumps in the hobby and growth in the hobby. And man, we don't have to say it again, but that last expo, ooh, the hobby's growing. It may not be growing in dollar amounts like it was in, in February of 2021, but it is growing. I love it. I'm super excited. Kind of like my enlarged heart, which I'm going to have to take my uh, heart medication for this overtime that's going on, right? Well, we need to get to it now, don't we? We do. It's, it's, about, it's about that time. It is about that time. Team, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Cardboard Coaches. As always, please feel free to like, subscribe, comment. Tell us what you liked the most. Tell us what you didn't like. Maybe it was you don't like the facial hair, in which case you're probably on the wrong channel. <laughs> <laughs> But you can still say it. Head over to Sports Cards Live. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like the follicles. Dude, we love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Cardboard coaches are out of here. Peace.